Part 2. Eucharist and Agape in the Early Church 1. The Apostolic Age It has been accepted by virtually all Christian traditions that the Last Supper was a Passover meal. Matthew 26, 17-30, Mark 14, 12-26, Luke 22, 14-38, John 13 following. It has also been accepted by virtually all Christian traditions that in the early church, the Lord's Supper, for which the Last Supper is the model and pattern, since, as mentioned above, Christ is the true paschal sacrifice, of which the Jewish paschal lamb was the type, was celebrated as part of a common fellowship meal, the Agape Feast. Although the precise relationship between Eucharistic rite, the giving thanks for and consuming of the wine and bread that symbolise the blood and broken body of Christ, and the common fellowship meal has been subject to some debate. Nevertheless, it is clear that the two were, at least in the primitive church, celebrated together, indeed were initially indistinguishable. This is evident from Paul's criticism of how the Corinthian Christians came together to celebrate the feast, 1 Corinthians 11, 20-34. It is generally agreed by commentators that this was a combined Eucharist and Agape feast, and the Church Fathers, who refer to this scripture, all consider this to have been the case, according to the Church historian Augustus Neander. After the example of the Jewish Passover and of the original institution, the Lord's Supper was accordingly at first united with a social meal. Both constituted a whole, representing the communion of the faithful with their Lord and their brotherly communion with one another. Both together were called the Supper of the Lord, the Supper of Love. Likewise, Lightfoot states, In the Apostolic Age, the Eucharist formed part of the Agape. This original form of the Lord's Supper, as it was first instituted by Christ, was thus in a manner kept up. This appears from 1 Corinthians 11.17, compared with Acts 27, from which passage we infer that the celebration of the Eucharist came, as it naturally would, at a later stage in the entertainment. Of course, the Agape feasts of the Corinthian church had degenerated into an unacceptable abuse. Frédéric Godet summed up the problems with the Corinthian Agape feasts in the following way. All the provisions should have been put together and eaten in common by the whole church. But selfishness, vanity, sensuality had prevailed in this usage and deeply corrupted it. These Agape at Corinth had degenerated into something like those feasts of friends in use among the Greeks where men gave themselves up to drinking in excess, such as we find sketched in the Symposium of Plato. And what was still graver, each was careful to reserve for himself and his friends the meats he had provided. Hence, it was inevitable that an offensive inequality should appear between the guests, becoming to many of them a source of humiliation, and contrasting absolutely with the spirit of love, of which such a feast should have been the symbol. As discussed above, Paul's remedy for this abuse was to separate partaking of the covenant signs of bread and wine, the Eucharist, from the social meal, and to put an end to the latter. But this was not a prescription for the church generally. It was a disciplinary measure aimed at stopping an abusive practice in our particular church at a particular time. We do not know whether or when the Agape feast was subsequently restored to the church at Corinth, but the combined Eucharist and Agape feast continued for some considerable time in the wider church, and there is no teaching in Scripture requiring the permanent separation of the two by Paul or any of the other apostles. The Epistle of Jude also refers to the church's love, that is, Agape feasts, Jude 12, 2 Peter 2.13, 
similarly warning the church of those who abuse them. But there is no attempt to bring the practice to an end, and no criticism, per se, of the combined Eucharist and Agape feast.